Welcome to A Couple of Kemers Podcast, where your favorite millennial couple shares a couple of thoughts about a couple of thoughts. Today and every day, we navigate relationships and learn to love the journey. We are your hosts, the Kemers. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you my handsome, super intelligent husband, Chris. And I introduce to you my beautiful and talented wife, Francesca. And per the huge, we're going to start off with Attitude Attitude of Gratitude. And I will start off by saying that um, I've just been super grateful for um, the conveniences that we have available to us that we're able to sustain and just make our day flow. For instance, like meal prepping and getting the laundry done. We've outsourced some things and it's just really um, made time for the things that we rather make time for, like ourselves. We can spend more time, you know, just talking or enjoying things that we like to enjoy versus, um, you know, spending that doing certain chores. <laughs> so I am grateful for that, the ability to be able to do that. And that sounds really uh, spoiled. But that's really what I'm grateful for today. Well, for me, I can say I'm grateful for the things that we do have. You know, we have roof over our heads. We've got food and drinks in the fridge. So I'm really grateful that, you know, we don't have to go without and we can survive and support ourselves and, you know, just have the necessary things that some people take for granted. And I know at times I, I can say I take it for granted. I'm so used to, you know, going to the fridge and the water and whatever. is It's just there. But today I just say, you know what, I'm truly grateful because I know there are many people who don't have what we have. And it's a blessing. Humble brag. (laughs) No, I mean, not really, but it's just something to really be grateful for, you know. Um, I hear you on that. And we just recently celebrated our second year wedding anniversary. So I'm also grateful for that. But in our time doing that, we got to talk and reflect and spend quality time together. We took a little quick trip to Chicago, saw Kev on stage to hear more. And that chick angel. So it was really, really enjoyable. And as we reflect and things like that, we've also been watching a show called The Sweet Life on HBO. Um, HBO Max. Max. That's what it's yeah. called. I was like, I know it's another word. Yeah, HBO Max. So we just finished up the first season. So spoiler alert if you haven't. Or if you plan on watching it, whatever, you might want to revisit this episode later um, because we are going to be talking about the things that happened throughout the whole season, especially the finale, because we just watched it. Um, So uh, I think a big theme of what, as we watched it, um, is just the maturity level that you have in your 20s versus your 30s. Because if you don't know anything about The Sweet Life, just a quick little rundown it's a reality tv show um it's 
ran by Issa Rae. It's her production. Yeah, it's produced by Issa Rae, which I love. Absolutely love her. Love Insecure. Loved her before she even blew up on YouTube. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm that person. Like, I was there before. Like, I supported her Aqua Black Girl so much way before any of the noise about her and Insecure and all that stuff that she's done in her, um, you know, career that, her public career that everyone knows now. So, Anyway, back to Sweet Life. It's just some 20-somethings. They live in Cali. um, And they seem, like from at least how they portray it on the show, they seem to all be pretty well off, whether they started that way in life or whether that's just where they are now. Um, But they're still young. So it's mainly like, you know, they just have graduated not too long ago, right, from high school and just becoming adults. So it's something we definitely um, align with. It's, it's something. It's a story that we've lived, and we are now two years into our thirties. So we can effectively reflect back into our twenties, and they are just kind of a reflection. I feel of yeah. just some of the things that we experienced <laughs> at that time, and they're all you know black, twenty something. Um, Millennials, right? Are they Gen Z? They're like cusp. They're they're like the cusp. cusp. Yeah, so they're like kind of millennial, kind of Gen Z. They have traits of both. I don't know what technically. I mean, they're all a little bit different ages, so I'm not sure exactly what generation they all individually fall into. But they're pretty much the cusp, like kind of a little bit Gen Z, kind of a little bit millennials. So um, as we're kind of middle Millennials, a little bit on the side of elder millennials. So, yeah. once again, that's just kind of where they are versus where we are. And we can just reflect back um, on just the conversations and the way they uh, interact with their friends, the different arguments. Some of the stuff is oh, not yeah. relatable. And I think that it's because, you know, that's West Coast and there's just, that's just a different culture out in the West Coast. But there is a girl. Right. From Michigan, from Kalamazoo, which is also different than Detroit and Metro Detroit area, um, but nonetheless still from Michigan. So we do have one Michigander in there that we're like, okay, you know, Michigan representing yeah. um, in the show. But um, yeah, so we're just going to kind of talk a little bit. All that to say, we're going to talk about 20s versus 30s and um, peppered in there, things that we have um, drawn from the sweet life. Yeah. So. Oh boy. <laughs> so we just watched the finale. So we watched the whole thing and there was a lot of tense moments. And I feel like a lot of the tension was, I mean, it was in both the men and the women, but I oh, think yeah. a, it really boiled with the women. Absolutely. So, um, I, the arguments, not necessarily exactly the arguments, but the sentiments of the arguments and the tension I've definitely had with my friends. I've definitely experienced um, I personally and just in my friend group, you know, maybe two other friends are having these type of tense conversations. Um, I won't say it doesn't ever happen still, but I think way less because most of my friends are in their 30s or really creeping up on them, like 28, 29 minimum. But pretty much everybody's in their 30s. So, um, yeah. 
I think, where should I start with this? The big blowout that, gosh, I'm so bad with names. Was it Thailand and Cheryl? Yeah. Yep. Cheryl? Okay, yeah. That they had um, definitely felt that, definitely felt that and experienced something like it before. Um, and I think it just gets real sticky when there's like relationships versus singles, even though they're both in relationship, but it just seems like Thailand obviously not obviously, but she's the woman in one relationship and then her friend is the man in the other relationship. They're friends, but they both have significant others. What's the name? Gerald. Gerald and Cheryl. And then mm-hmm. there's Thailand and Jalen. And Jalen. So like Thailand and Gerald were friends. Our friend. Were were friend? I don't know. They didn't really say at the end where they stood in their friendship, but in the past they were. And so it was kind of like Ty Lynn just defending her man. I've definitely had friends like that. I've never been that person of defending them to the death like that. Um, I I kind of take, I see Cheryl and myself in the way that I'm like, I mean, I'm not going to let you downright disrespect my man in front of his face or behind his back. But at the same time, he's his own person. Like, he can defend himself. What you're saying is just words. And I know for them it's a bit deeper because it's like you didn't come on TV and said this stuff. So that adds a layer. I think oh, that yeah. always adds a layer in these quote-unquote reality shows. Yeah. It's like it's on camera. No one's going to be 100% authentic. I don't care who you are on camera. And there's yeah. always that pressure of like, well, this is going to be public. So. And there's some type of scripting. There's some type of acting or staging. Right, staging. That they, that they sure. have to portray and put out there to get views right and it just affects the way you're gonna move because like even Gerald and Cheryl said they're more private people and so when you have a camera in front of you and you're a private person that's just way left of what you're used to like that's almost going against your personality or your decision so um they made it clear that they did it kind of like on a promo (laughs) like well I can get myself out there you know, by being on the show, which, hey, no hate, no shade. I, I don't blame them. You know what I mean? Like, if you're an entrepreneur or you're just trying to get yourself out there in whatever way, that is a possibility. I mean, that's an option if it's if it's given to you. I couldn't say that I would 100% say no if that was given to us. Yeah. Like, we want you on the show to represent millennial couples. Like, I don't love, um, I don't love reality TV at all. I don't really watch it. I did. And, like, my teens. Like, I like real world and that. But once those stopped, like, once it got, like, you know, 2010, I was kind of over reality. I haven't watched it in over a decade, like, faithfully. Besides this, Sweet Life. Yeah. And now, Love and Marriage Huntsville. We like that. Oh, yeah. But anyway, getting back on track with the 20s versus 30s. I digress. Um, I just really feel like... They have some maturing to do. Absolutely. And also, it just shows, like, the different personalities. Mm -hmm. Because I think the show definitely shows the different personalities of friend groups. You know, someone may be a little bit more emotional and expressive. Like, expressively emotional. Because everyone has emotions. But everyone expresses them differently. And so, you know, I just think that being able to handle the different personalities, the different backgrounds because 
also appreciate they show the different dimensions to being black. Oh, yeah. Because that definitely stood out to me. They're all black millennials, but they're not all the same, which is kind of like, duh. But you'd be surprised how many people don't realize that, including black people. Oh, yeah. Because I think TV, especially like in reality shows, whenever there are black people on the screen, it's almost like, okay, we got to cater to a certain audience or we have to, not or, but we have to cater to a certain audience and, and portray a certain image when black people are involved because, you know, this is what is considered authentic. Right. For black people. Right. And it's it's so annoying. Like, it's 2021. We're still doing stuff like this. Yeah. Yep. So, I, I really appreciate the, you know, the dimensions to blackness that, and I think that's completely knowing and, and being a fan of Issa Rae. I think that's exactly what she was going for, you know? Like, these... It seems, as, as portrayed, that these young black millennials, Gen Z, whatever they are, young black, twenty young 20-something black um, people are multidimensional. Like, they're not the same, but they are kind of all right now in a, in a financially prosperous situation. Most of them right now. Yeah. Right now. So... Um, I think it definitely shines a light to a lot to a lot of that stuff, um, and handling that like being successful in your twenties. I don't know about that, so I can't personally comment on being financially successful in your twenties because my twenties was a less struggle. But I have known people to be financially successful in their twenties, and there's some maturing to do, and and and, and, and just having money on your hands in general whether it's a lot of money or a little in my 20s what i knew then oh and how goodness. i behave then versus what i know now and how i behave now with money so different and you yeah. can definitely see that like the things they care about and you know i mean they're on tv and there are some attributes of blackness i think that do kind of unshamingly go over many dimensions of blackness. Like, I think black people, we're going to be on TV, we're going to be dressed. Oh, yeah. Clothes is definitely part of our culture. So, yeah, no matter where you are, how you are, I think nine and a half times out of ten, you know you're going to be on TV, you're going to be dressed. So that's kind of hard for me to be like, is this how these people dress every day? You know, are they always designer? Are they not? You know, because they are on TV, so that's a factor there. But, um, what was I saying? I was getting at something. (laughs) In terms of of when you're in your 20s and how you handle money. Right. So, it's like, you know, they got all the expensive things on. And it's like, in my 20s, I was either doing that and couldn't afford it. Or I wasn't doing it because I couldn't afford it. You know? But now, being in my 30s, I understand that, like, yes, it's nice to have certain things. And, but before I, you know, got married, I definitely was, because it was just me, 
depending on me, I was way more frugal. Like, I learned to be more frugal because I realized, like, the long term of it. And I think in the 20s, it was just like, travel, 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 no matter what. I got the money. I'm buying shots. Like, I got the money now. So I was spending it now. Not. Yep. But I feel like you were like that. I mean, You're a saver. I, I'm a saver, but at times in my 20s, oh, yeah, I mean, I saved, but there were definitely times where if I wanted the new Jordans or if I wanted new video games or anything, especially, like, when I signed up for and created my Amazon account. Oh, once I had my money coming in and I could go online and order stuff and come to the house, I'm like, oh, I'm going to give myself a gift every time I get a chance to. <laughs> right. Like, and now you can be a little bit more, like, conservative with it when needed. Obviously, yeah. probably those things that you wanted then, you can now afford. Even though back then you couldn't really afford it. Now you can. But there's still definitely things that we can't afford, shouldn't afford. Like, we might have the money now, but you shouldn't afford it because you need to plan. Exactly. Because so. my focus was, not my focus all the time, but there were definitely times throughout my 20s where if I had enough money to get something that was, you know, expensive or real expensive, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm getting that thing. But then I had to let my money grow again and replenish because I wanted that one expensive thing. And it's like, I had to learn that, you know, it's okay to want nice things. It's okay, even if you have enough money, sometimes to treat yourself, but that doesn't mean you have to go out, spend every dime or most of your money on that one expensive thing, and then what are you going to do for the rest of the time? Mm-hmm. And, you know, because some people get paid. When every... you need to eat, what you going to do? Right. <laughs> when you have an emergency situation, what you going to do? You know? Yeah. So, you, love sure. the, you love the new thing that you bought. Okay. Cool. But then... But can you eat it? But can you eat it? Or can you go out and buy you some food? Can you go out and get you something to drink like these are things that i had to learn can it keep you warm Mm -hmm. is it shelter i had to learn like yeah it's okay to want these things every now and then but you can't you shouldn't every chance you get go out and just spend money like that yeah and then just also handling situations kind of going back to that i kind of started on it when i was talking about cheryl and Thailand and Gerald and Jalen. Jalen? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I keep the Thailand, Jalen, is Lynn's all over the place. And then Cheryl, that's just like a classic name, kind of a older name. And so was Gerald. So was Gerald. Like it's so funny. It's like did they do this on purpose? Is it real reality? No, I think it is. But anyway, um just handling the situations and not getting so riled up. I just feel like a lot of them, almost all of them, except for maybe Cheryl, wears like their heart on their sleeve and their emotions. They're just like a ticking time bomb. Like, don't cross me the wrong way because I'm going to put you in your place. Don't just like a real defensive like attitude. I feel like a lot of them have that. Like and just Rebecca. a real like who? Like Rebecca or Becky. Yeah. She, you know, she's quick to say things like, Okay, so you're what you're not going to do is talk to me like this. 
So let me go ahead and tell you right now, I'm not. That's not acceptable. <laughs> and it's it's like are you, you mocked her are cadence you, of her voice. So are funny. you are you being a parent right now? Like, I I get, I totally I totally get. You know, you set the tone for what you will and won't accept. That's totally fine. Right. You gotta have boundaries. You do, and you have to set them. However, I also had to learn that, you know, when you communicate with people. You have to learn who you're communicating with. Right. And I feel like... Or understand you don't understand who they are. Therefore, I'm not even going to give it my energy. Right. And I feel like when my 20s, it was more of, you know, I didn't like that. So, I'm going to just tell you how I felt. I didn't consider... not, And this didn't happen every single time. But there was definitely times where it did. And I didn't consider who I was talking to how they interact, how they respond, what they like, what they don't like in terms of, you know, when you communicate with them. And you have to learn that. And some people, unfortunately, even when they get to their 30s and older or whatever, they still don't understand that. Like, communication yeah. is an art. It's not, sure. it's not something that's so simplistic in that just because you say how you think and how you feel that everybody's just supposed to accept it and kiss your butt. Like, it doesn't work like that. Right. Yeah, I definitely have found myself in my 20s versus my 30s. Like, I found myself a lot of time in my 20s explaining myself to way too many people. Like, I do think there's a time and a place to explain yourself. And like you said, communication is an art and you want to be clear. I think that's key too, like being clear about your communication because sometimes you just say a bunch of stuff and it's not really received. And not to say, right. oh, I, I'm just so beyond that. Everyone always understands me. No. But you have to like learn maybe not to care so much about what they think about you. Because I think that a lot of the the conflict that we see in the sweet life is like, what you think about me? What do you think I am? How I did this for you and we we had this this loyalty word. You know, loyal, loyal, loyal. I'm loyal to my man. I'm loyal to my friends. I'm loyal. And it's like, okay, yeah. I mean, loyalty in a general sense is good, but it's like, what does loyalty mean? Like, I don't need to back you up. Like, you're very capable of backing yourself up and who cares about who thinks what of you? Like, why does that matter? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, none of it matters. What? It really doesn't matter what they think of you. Like the old saying goes, what, what, what is it? Sue and Tim or something. What mm. Sue, what Sue thinks of Tim speaks more of Sue than Tim. It's not, it has nothing to do with you. It, right. It's like, just get over it. it it's petty. And, and it I really think in is. your twenties, you get a lot of caught up in those petty things, those little things. You let the mm. small things seem big in your mind obviously they're reacting because they feel big but it's like it's really not and i've just really learned to assess and move on like that's just how that person is consider take the, a more leave consider the, the source. source like my mom always said my consider the too. source like either be someone be there and be in someone's friend group for who they are or just leave them alone and you know, you, not, you know, you try to change people. You try to explain yeah. yourself and change people. No. It don't work. I mean, you could put some energy into it, but, like, just don't waste so much of your time and energy on it. And I've definitely learned to conserve my time and energy on when dealing with others. That's definitely something I've learned in my 30s that I constantly did, 
in my 20s, whether it be friends, family, whomever, colleagues, I don't have time for any of it. Just straight to the point, move on. Like, agree to disagree. And not even be like so offended and bent out of shape. Because I think that's what we we saw a lot in the show. It's like, they get bent out of shape oh so goodness. easily. And I don't know. I mean, it's hard to reflect on yourself, but I don't think I ever got that bent out of shape. But maybe my friends will say differently. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I did either. I, I probably did maybe in my teens. But, you know, when you're a teenager, you're going through those phases and that stage in life. But in my 20s, I don't think I ever got that bent out of shape about things and my thing is yeah I didn't necessarily like when someone said something about me that wasn't true and the only thing I could do at times was just say well no that's that's not true and maybe explain sometimes but then after I do that or even if I don't explain I just say okay whatever like that's your opinion I don't care because what your opinion your opinion matters not to the point of it's not going to affect my reputation. Mm-hmm. Because what your opinion says does not carry enough weight to affect my reputation. You're only one person. Mm-hmm. And you don't even have power to persuade anyone's views on how I'm perceived or what my reputation represents. So I I can't... And I had to really learn in my 20s, like... People are just going to say what they want to say, even if though you're not going to like it, you may not agree with it, and it's it's okay. Like, that's just, people just going to talk. Yeah. Or I remember growing up in Catholic school, they used to say, they talked about Jesus Christ. <laughs> really? That's funny. <laughs> Who do you think you are? You're not special. They talked about Jesus Christ. That's funny. Right. Telling an, eight, telling an eight-year-old that doesn't really, you know... <laughs> Doesn't help the situation, but I understand now at thirty two, what they were getting at. But I, yeah, those platitudes, I tell you. Um, but yeah, I I do see that a lot in the show, especially like with someone like Tylen. You know, she's she just it's like she's ready to pop off, and like there's nothing wrong with wanting to have people's back. There's nothing wrong with being loyal. But you are not everyone's mama. Like, you can't, and even if you were a mom, like, you can't control what people say and do. You just can't. I think, this is my theory, obviously, I haven't done, like, research on the show and how it came about and things like that. But it seems kind of like she's the center of all of it because maybe it started with her. You know, like, because it seems like all these people are her friends. Mm -hmm. You know, like, if maybe the center started with, Cheryl, it might be a different group of people. Right. You know, but I don't know. That's my that's my yeah. assumption here. So it's just kind of like, because I do understand, like, I'm a big person on vibes. So, like, and this is probably something I still need to work on because I, that whole thing about, like, when people invite you places, you're like, who all going to be there? Like, that is very much so me. Like, I don't want to be just anywhere with anybody because because I value my time. And I'm like, I don't want to go to no party and have to fake smile and fake this because there's people there that annoy me and, like, whatever. Yeah, I'll bite the bullet if it's, like, a birthday party or, like, something big celebration. I'm not going to allow someone 
to prevent me from, you know, celebrating a friend or family member, something like that. But it's like, you know, I feel like she often gets her back against the wall because these are all her friends interacting with each other. And if the vibe is off, it's like you got to choose one. And it's hard to choose. And I definitely like the episode, what was it, her birthday? Where they went to that, where did they go, Mexico? With yeah, the tequila Cabo. testing. testing. <clears throat> Cabo. Cabo, yeah. right. And so it was very real to me, like that those episodes where it's like you got your childhood friends and then you have like your high school friends and then you have like your friends that you met as like college. in your 20s, college friends. And then like possibly, I mean, she didn't have this, but for me, um, like coworkers, like people I were, or met in the cowork, in the workplace. So, yeah, I think that that can be a difficult balance. First thing I thought when I saw the episode is I would never invite all those people because I am so big on vibes. I think that I've learned, like, in my 20s versus my 30s, as, yes, I can, you know, mellow out in a situation and not get, you know, so riled up and offended so easily. However... I also realized the dimensions of people and what may or may not flow. So in my 30s, I would definitely not invite that many people because that many personalities, you're bound to have a clash. You're just bound to. It's humans. Like, it's human nature. No, rarely are you going to have that many people and it go, like, super smoothly. Yeah. Like, and I want my birthday. I'd rather it be just me and my husband before I invite anybody else and it goes smoothly with just us than just inviting people like also feeling like obligated and that is hard you know it's like once you invite them then you gotta invite them because that person knows that person it's almost like wedding planning (laughs) it's like this whole like brigade of invite them you gotta invite that person it's just never ending thing so, um, I mean, it looks like overall fun. She was in tears a lot of the times, but seeing the clash of like her friends that she's known for a very long time versus her friends that are maybe newer in her life. And that I really resonated with me because I've been in situations or at least felt the emotions of those situations where it's like, Ooh, and then they're not, then your friends aren't getting along. It's a tough spot to be in. Therefore, I would definitely not do it for my birthday. Maybe just like, oh, a cookout or, you know, something <laughs> like that. But for my birthday. Uh-uh. And that goes back to the handling of finances. Because they are in their 20s and seem to be obviously financially successful, it's like I, I, I really thought, too, that was a move of I can afford it. So why not do it? And I got all my friends. Well, we can afford it because they do have, I mean, most of them seem to be pretty well off or doing well for themselves. Yeah. So, like, well, we can afford it, so why not? What's the big deal? The problem is, like you said, chemistry and vibes is definitely important, but also personalities. Mm -hmm. You got to know. Understanding that. You have to understand, like, just because you're friends with all these people doesn't mean that they're going to jail. It just does. It doesn't mean that you, you know, in your twenties. I think, I and I know I'm I'm guilty of this. You know, in my head, I'm thinking, well, we all cool. So, what's the problem? Or, you know, 
these are all my friends. Like, everyone, they're good people. So what difference does it make? But you just don't know how those personalities are going to mesh or don't mesh. And that can create problems. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, if you have them all there at once, you may find out that they, they create a problem during your celebration. Right. But so I, it just depends on, you know, what, what you value. Do you value yeah. actually enjoying your vacation? <laughs> yeah. If you actually do, you might want to limit it or just make it you and your boo and do something else like at home or I don't know. I That's just what, and I, once again, I don't know if that was just for production or what, but just taking that, you know, production part out of it, let's just take it as this is really a life decision that, you know, she would have normally made. I wouldn't have made it that yeah. way at all. Because you just like, you can't vacation with everybody. No. I had to learn that too in my 20s. Like, uh-uh. you, just because um, you hang out, whether, I don't care, even if it's family, like, there are just personalities that are just not going to mesh. Yeah. And with your own yeah. personality. Not even just like people who don't know each other or other, you know, outside people. Like, there's just people who might not mesh with you. Yeah, you might go on vacation with a, a, a friend or even like a cousin or someone or cousins that you're close to and it's like okay like you get along cool everything fine but as soon as you go to i don't know cali somewhere or whatever the it, it just changes because then you learn that wait a minute they like to do a b and c but i like to do d e and f and it's like uh-uh that ain't gonna that's just not gonna work yeah and i think a lot of it's like sometimes learning like the adult versions of people that you've known for a long time yes like because life will happen and y'all you know didn't really hang out that much in maybe years 18 to 24 and those are like very important years in development and growth so then you kind of reconnect in your mid-20s and then it's just like ah, like how do you adult it's it's this like weird stage of like we ain't got to ask our parents no more. Like, we doing stuff on our own, and it's, like, how do you do this? And how do you function without parental guidance? Like, things like that. So, I think that's definitely a stage in your early to mid-20s where it's, like, how do you adult? And some people adult very poorly. <laughs> yeah. So, it causes issues and, you know, budding of, a budding of heads. Um, I like- and just overall, the I'm sorry, what? No, I was gonna say I like what my clinical director told us in my practicum for my master's degree, which was, you know, your twenties, you, like you said, you are learning to adult, and but then in your thirties, you're actually reparenting yourself, because now you're going back and looking over what you did in your twenties, and it's like now you're kind of like learning from your mistakes and. Doing things and approaching things differently in your 30s. Yeah. That's and I definitely feel like we're in that stage, you know. I mean, I'm no, I'm in no rush to get to 40. I pray to God I make it to 40 because that's all. Every decade, every day is a blessing. Every decade is definitely a blessing. Um, however, I'm excited to see what we will maybe be able to reflect back on when we're like 42 and be like, oh gosh, 20s was this, 30s was that. This is what 40s have been two years in. We can reflect back and do like a a 30 versus 40. That would mm. be pretty cool. Yeah. 
Because um, I know, like you said, the reparenting stage, like, what we'll learn. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are parents in their 20s and 30s. So, we're not. So, we can focus on reparenting ourselves without having to parent someone else. Um, just, you know, nothing good or bad about it. just is what it is. So, um, you know, finding, like, the things that we value in our 20s versus our 30s definitely change um, people and things that we value. Um, oh, I did want to speak on something about the friends. Um, like, oh, like I think the I situation with Jordan? Huh? We didn't talk about that, the situation with Jordan. What? Where he when they got upset because he heard the word privilege. Oh, that's not really twenty versus thirty, but we could definitely talk about that because okay. just watching it, I literally knew what was happening, and it just seemed like they had no idea what, like what might trigger the other. Like I felt both sides of that conversation so strongly. So like, I felt Jalen saying like kind of what we started the com- with this podcast saying, like, blackness ha- is not one situation, you know, one yeah. lifestyle, one, what's the word I'm looking for here? I want to say it's not a monolith, but that's, I don't think that's right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not a monolith. Yeah, it's not a monolith. It's, it's multidimensional. There's different, we're different, period. We have lots of similarities, but we are different. And we're multidimensional. So that's kind of what we were saying in the beginning. So from what I take, Jalen maybe came from a background of what one might perceive as underprivileged. It's what it is. What it's, I don't know him. <laughs> so I'm not saying this is his life, but this is what it came out as. As like, you know, my family didn't have much. And... I'm doing what I'm doing based on, like, I had to pull myself up by my bootstraps, literally, to get to where I am today with the help of my family, but my family didn't have much to help me with, whatever that means, whatever that means for him. That's what I felt he was saying. Where Jordan is, like, in a sense, more privileged overall than Jalen, so he was maybe not as understanding of what Jalen was trying to say because probably a, a big portion of his life, because blackness is often seen as these, you know, poor, ghetto, uneducated, whatever, he was probably often perceived by black and, I mean, non black and black people as not, quote unquote, black enough. And so he probably oftentimes had to defend his blackness. And so he probably felt threatened in a way of like, no, he just, even though Jalen didn't say this, I, it seemed to me that he, that Jordan took it as Jalen saying, you're not really black. Right, because he used the word privilege. Privilege, because we often use the word privilege, white privilege, but there's privileges in so many ways, um, and I think that's what he was, he, J- Jordan, took offense, like, I'm black, don't try to tell me I'm not, 
I work hard. Don't try to tell me I don't. And then he says something super offensive, like, I'm where I am because I work harder than you, which I think we've said this before on the podcast, in America, in the world, hard work doesn't always mean financial success. It really doesn't. No. So, yes, it can be a factor of financial success, but there's many people who work hard, laborious, physically worked hard their entire lives and never made it out of poverty. So... That's a whole other podcast, as I love to say. But I think that was where the conflict in that one. And I felt that was a very very powerful moment, too. Like, because I kind of, I think that I have experienced both sides. But I think for me, I'm more of a Jordan. I never reacted that way. (laughs) I will honestly say. I've never reacted that way. But I do feel like a lot of people, I mean, I was called white girl all the time. Um, by black people a couple times by white people but more more so black people probably because there's more black people in my life I mean based on where I'm from in my family like I interact with more black people so I am more prone to have it happen more with black people but you know I I probably had more of an, a Jordan experience where it just felt like you know because I'm not poor because I maybe don't speak a certain way, you know, know all the latest slang and wear the coolest clothes, that I'm not black enough. And I think that that is just why he got offended, like, just trying yeah. to defend, like, I'm still black, you're not going to put me down because of that, like, but then he just got playing rude with it. <laughs> he just got playing rude with it, like. Yeah, and that's why I brought it up, too, because it's like, you know, when you're in your 20s and you're emotional and you get revved up, and I understand because I definitely identify with that struggle or that situation that Jordan, like you said, um, feeling like he had to defend his blackness because I definitely experienced that throughout my life um, as a black person, being called, you know, white or you, you talk white or just all that craziness. And, you know, I I bring it up in relation to 20s versus 30s because I can say, you know, I probably definitely had moments where not to where he said, you know, I work harder than you or anything like that. But I definitely can say, yeah, I've gotten loud and raised my voice and, you know, yelled at people like, no, that ain't true. You know, but now in my 30s or even when I start getting my late 20s and now in my 30s, I would be like listen, you know, this is my experience and this is, you know, and I'll go and explain that and then leave it alone. And whether we agree or disagree, I just leave it at that, like, okay. Yeah, there's multiple stories to the black experience. It's not just one thing. And there are a lot of similarities, things that we encounter from the outside world. That's more of what (laughs) the black experience comes from, the outside world. That has, you know, triggered the things that happen in the quote-unquote inside world of being black. Um, So, that's just my opinion on that. Yeah. But I think, I mean, that's pretty much all I have to say about about the episodes and and the the people. Not the, what are they called? The cast members. The cast members, yeah. yeah. I mean, overall, they seem like great 
people that are just striving for success and just on the road to success and enjoying what they've succeeded at at a young age. However they got there, whether it was on their own backs, on the backs of their families, you know, and yeah. Oh, sorry, I did want to say one more thing. So about the Jordan thing, you know, he took, I think he also took it personally as an attack on his mom. Like, no, no, don't get it twisted. My mom works hard. And it was just like this comparison of like, who works harder? You know, we work hard. That's why we have what we got. And it's just like, just chill on the hard work thing, you know. I yeah. think when it comes to these these discussions, who works harder just matters not. But it's easy to do because obviously if you have nothing and you do nothing, you'll never more than likely have nothing. But if you already have something and you do nothing, you might still have something because you have something to begin with. Yeah. You know, so you can always better and increase. Increasing is always... Great. So as long as you're increasing, I say go for it in a moral way. <laughs> if you're increasing with your morals and ethics, with good morals and ethics, go for it. But yeah, I think that's pretty much all I had to say about the sweet life and 20s versus 30s. I'm glad to be in my 30s. I'm glad I experienced Me my too. 20s. I'm over 20s though. I, I have no desire to go back as far as experiences. Now, the energy, <laughs> the energy and the light that I had, you know, in your 30s, I feel like you kind of get more reality check and you don't have that spark about you that you once had. I think Issa Rae and Cammy um, kind of commented on that when they were overlooking the cast members as they were walking in, like, look at them so young and vibrant with, like, so much hope, <laughs> hope in their eyes and just, you know, had not beaten down by life quite yet. Yeah. You know. So I think that part I would take back from my 20s. But if it wasn't for that, in my experiences, I wouldn't be who I am in my 30s, so I wouldn't take none of it back. Nope. I definitely will agree because... You know, after going through my 20s, I'm like, yeah, happy to be in my 30s after, you know, with my experiences, but also um, just learned so much along the way and so grateful for the guidance that I did receive with going through those experiences. So, like, yeah, I don't regret anything. Yep. So what's your predictions for 40? Like, what do you think we'll learn in our 30s that we could reflect back in our 40s? I th I think, I'll start, because I was thinking about it while you were talking, that, you know, I look to people like Tabitha Brown. And it's like, you know, she worked really hard her whole life to go for her dreams. And I'm sure there were times where she gave up or took a little different route or took a break from it, but she never 100% gave up. And now it seems that she's living her dreams. So... I think that we'll have some type of reflection like that. Like, wow, we really thought this wasn't possible, whatever it may be. And I think we'll be living it in our by the time we reach 40. So whether we already live in it or we'll experience it in our 40s, yeah. I think that's my prediction. How about you? I, to be honest, I didn't even think about it. I know, I sprung it um, on you. Because I was just thinking about it like... 
I'm hoping that by the time we get in our 40s, we have already accomplished some of or most of our goals that we have set planned. So, yeah. Um, and then we can reflect back on, man, remember when we were talking about doing this and how nervous or stressed we were about doing it? So, that's yeah, I've been seeing lately, like on social media, um, different things, different posts to the effect of you're living something right now, at least one thing right now that you prayed for in the past. At least one thing that you're living is something that you prayed for. Yeah. So it could be multiple, but at least one thing. And I definitely know meeting you, marrying you, it's something that, you know, I remember at one time in my 20s, I was like, I don't believe in love. I mean, I was just trash talking love and I was over it. I used to always say, why are relationships so hard? Like, it just really shouldn't be this hard. And sometimes I still think that in different ways, of course. Um, And I think it's still, you know, a reality for a lot of people looking for love and stuff. I just think that journey of love, I don't know if that necessarily has to do 20s versus 30s, but the journey to find, like, your partner in life in that way. Um, Yeah, I think that sometimes those it's just like why does it have to be this way you know but um yeah i definitely know that's one of my one of my things that i pray for that i'm living me too because yeah in my 20s i'm like uh well again yeah, i agree like it shouldn't be this hard but all, mainly i was saying like you know am i lovable am i able to have love or find it or like there has to be something Are you lovable? Shut I, up. I used to think that in my 20s or say that at least for the most part. I, I definitely did because my thing was You're such a little sap. You know it, it just seems like something's wrong where I'm not finding it or if I find it it, it it's not going to work out because there's just the personality differences is just not, it's not there. And yeah. I, you know, I'm just like, okay, well, I guess at some point I'll just give up on it because we'll, you know, what's the point? Yeah. I feel like most people probably have that feeling that we've had, you know? So if that's you, don't give up hope. Rest if you must, but don't you quit. Nope. Thanks for inviting us on your journey today. Make sure you rate and review if you like what you hear. Also like, subscribe, and share with a friend. See ya. I love you.